Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday! Also, happy <laughs> Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, next to last episode, I have a special episode coming out Friday, which I'll tell you about um, at the end of this episode. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, I am going to share with you an interview that I did with new friend Justin, um, who is a super nice uh, guy and talks about his struggle with addiction in the past and um, his journey with that and how he pulled himself out of all that and has a very happy, beautiful, um, you know, ending but of course, all the the bullshit that goes into it is uh, put out there as well too. So um, it's very interesting and very um, it's a very good thing to hear, especially with mental health and everything. So let's get right to it, shall we? Well, thank you so much, Justin, for joining me for this week's episode of Sunshine. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Yes, I'm super excited to have you on and talk about your story and hopefully inspire some people out there. So uh, with that, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself, what you're about, and then we'll take a deeper dive into everything. Well, my name is Justin Bryan. I am from the Great White North on the West Coast, closer to Vancouver, in between Vancouver and Calgary, for those of you that don't really know Canada much. But I am a mental health advocate, an inspirational speaker, and a professional executive coach. However, to be able to put those, let's say, titles in front of my name, I actually had a 16-year-long battle with addiction and almost a lifelong battle with my mental health. Mm. So I kind of, to be honest, I kind of fell into what I do now. I never would have guessed that I was going to be doing this, you know, growing up. I honestly wanted to be a, a SWAT team member. <laughs> wanted to be in the army for the longest time and you know it did uh it didn't turn out that way but you know i'm, I'm a life coach now and a, a speaker and I, i'm enjoying it yeah awesome yeah and i definitely want to dive into um you know everything uh you said so you said about 16 years you've been battling so how long have you been doing the the life coaching now as today for about eight months now. Eight months. Okay, awesome. So, oh, almost a year. Oh, yeah. Happy early year anniversary. <laughs> year. Okay, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. No. Years are. I my podcast just turned a year old, and so to right. know that you're putting that much work into it for just about a year, eight months. I know it's a lot, especially during the pandemic and everything. I'm I'm sure um, it's been a lot. So that's super awesome. Um, so I'll well, I, go ahead. I started the business during the pandemic. It was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, I yeah, it's wild. Like there's there's a lot of people though that they started things up. They I mean, either by not having a choice or they said, well, I want to do something to bring good to the world since there's a lot of bad right now. So um I'm here for it. I'm happy that people are were able to start something and um flourish as we go along. So um definitely want to give you the opportunity and let you go as deep as you want um, into your battle with mental health and everything. I don't want to steal your thunder or take away anything from you. Um, so if you just want to lead us where you were at that point and what brought you to where you are today. Well, you know, it all started as a young kid, you know, now that I know about depression, I understand mental health a lot better. I mean, it's, it's still really, there's so much to understand about it. There's so much to learn about it. Um, I, I look back now and I can tell that, you know, from a young age, uh, I always felt less than, mm. um, you know, I was, I was smaller than all my friends. Um, I wasn't, I was a de I was a pretty good athlete, but I wasn't as good as all my friends were. Mm -hmm. And I was smaller than them. And I always, you know, I always compared myself to them. I always wanted to be them. I wanted to be everybody else, but me, you know, I, I hit puberty late and, um, you know, I just, I was compared to myself and, you know, I had very low self-worth, very low self-esteem, very low self-confidence. And, but you know what? I didn't really drink in high school. When I got out of high school, uh, I started drinking. I, 
And the first time I kind of really got started getting drunk, I, I realized that it gave me this false sense of confidence. You know, it, it turned me into this guy that, you know, what I thought I liked, but it, it wasn't really who I thought was funny, but it wasn't really me. I mean, it was me, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of just that kept going to where I would start to drink, to go to a friend's house, to leave my house, to go play hockey and, you know, and I'd have an algorithm. I'd have this many drinks before I left my house. I'd have this many drinks to go to the nightclub. I'd have this many drinks to talk to that girl. I'd have this many drinks to go on the dance floor. Mm. And, you know, it'd end up by the end of the night, I'm, I'm blackout drunk. And I, I don't don't even remember what happened. Right. Not in a good spot. No, not at all. I and mean, nobody wants to be around that. I mean, I didn't see that, you know what? People actually liked me for me. I was actually funny and I wanted to be funnier because I was so insecure. And these are some of the things I've started to realize the more and more I'm, I, I get out of my depression is that mm-hmm. I was so insecure with myself that even if people were laughing, I'd want them to laugh more because right. I was always feeling awful. So if I could make them laugh, that's, Hey, that's me making them laugh. Mm-hmm. It would make me feel better. So when I turned, so I moved down to Vancouver at 21 years old and um, at 24, I finally, and I'm partying every night. I'm bartending downtown wow. and I'm going out and I'm drinking. I, I close down the bar as quick as I could. Then I get out for power hour. I call it, you know, between two or three o'clock and, or even power half hour, try to get as drunk as I can so I can go home. Mm-hmm. And then I drink more when I'm at, by myself at home. But one night when I was 24 years old, I did uh, drugs for the first time i mean you know what actually at 21 i smoked weed but marijuana i don't really (laughs) it is a drug but um i did uh, cocaine for the first time Mm. Uh, i don't remember the night however my friend said the worst thing he possibly could say to me and he's like man you were funny last night oh so ding it clicked right there holy cow i'm funny huh all right now now what so i got alcohol that's gonna make me funny i got cocaine that's going to make me even funnier it's going to make me more talkative it's going to bring out um the person i want to be who i think i want to be it's going to bring me out that confidence so 24 i started doing cocaine and you know what it's just right from there i was went down that rabbit hole so one time i remember one of the bartenders came up to me that i worked with and he's like hey man do you do you think you drink too much Mm. because i could get that bar closed in 15 to 20 minutes and then I could be out and at the bar where it took them probably 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. The managers were like, well, Justin can do it like this. Why can't you? Right. And it's because I needed, I needed to get out. I needed to go. I was so excited to go get that next drink. Right. And so he asked me that and I'm like, no, I kind of took defense to it. Yeah. And I shouldn't uh, because he's an ex alcoholic and he told me a story and I knew it and why he doesn't drink. So I did what I normally do. And I went home. I mean, I went out after that night, went out right. that night. On my way home, I'm walking down Cammy Street Bridge and I found myself looking up. I started to wonder and I started to ask myself those questions. Well, do you think you drink too much? No, I'm, I'm 24. I'm young. Like, this is 12 years ago. Right. Uh, I'm 24. I'm young. You know what? I'm, I just like to have fun. And then I started to ask myself, Are you an alcoholic? And then I, I said, No, there's no way. I'm too smart to be an alcoholic. And I kind of started to think, you know what? I started to correlate being an alcoholism with, you know, kind of being a low life or being homeless kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, people like that don't have their lives together. They, they're not normal people. Mm-hmm. And so that's not me. That can't possibly be me. Right. Six, seven months down the road, I'm living back at home. Uh, I'm managing a nightclub and I still remember where we were. And I, we were, depression came up as a topic and me and my friend were talking about it. And I finally, I looked at him like, you know what, man, depression's, you know, that's just an excuse. Depression is for the weak. You got to man up. You got to go to work. You got to pay your bills. You don't talk about it. You deal with it. Now, I don't know why I said it. I think maybe because, you know, I looked up to him and Mm -hmm. I wanted to look like a man. Right. Because I didn't feel like one. I, I never did. Right. And I didn't really feel one until about a couple of years ago when I'm starting start to step into it. Mm-hmm. But I always, then I'm correlating depression with being weak. So 24, I'm saying that depression's for the weak and alcoholism is not normal. And it's 
I'm too smart to be it. Little do I know my main two main things in life that held me back and that almost took my life was alcoholism or addiction, sorry, and mental health. So right at that point, I'm ignoring it all. And I just continue down that path and of, you know, what throwing my life away, moving around from city to city, uh, getting fired from jobs because I'm hungover or I'm drunk at work and I, I can't keep it together. And finally moved home at 20. Uh, it's, I moved around. Yeah. And then I came back at 28, mm-hmm. back at 28. And I met this, meet this great girl. And, um, you know, I'm still partying a lot and we end up breaking up and then we ended up hooking up on my birthday, you know, cause we still kept in touch. Right. And then three months later, she tells me, she's like, Hey, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what's that? She's like, well, I'm pregnant. Oh yeah. So she, it's a big kick in the kick in the butt for me. Like, yeah. It's I, it's go time. I need to get my stuff together. Mm-hmm. So I had a job at a mill, but I couldn't get it together. So every time I tried to quit, I didn't know how to live sober. So what I like to tell people is this is just my personal opinion right. uh, that you don't choose addiction. However, you choose to stay in addiction. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of addiction isn't quitting but living in sobriety. My hardest part was living sober. It was learning how to do life sober because for 14 to 16 years, I did life drunk or high. Mm -hmm. Or if I wasn't drunk or high, I mainly stayed home or stayed isolating by myself uh, because I didn't have that coping mechanism to, you know, have those confidence and leave my house. So six months she ends up moving in with me. And then six months down or six months into her pregnancy, I end up crashing a car and I'm like, enough's enough. And I was drunk. So what did I do? I, uh, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go to rehab. I gotta get out of town. Like it, it's, it's time to man up. Right. And there's two different way, ways you can look at man up. I know there's this man up stigma where you keep it bottled in or you man up where you take responsibilities for your actions and, Ask for help. Right. However, my whole manning up was I would, my internal dialogue is awful. Like you're such a, whatever you're this, you're that you're a failure. You're a loser. Nobody wants you. I mean, so I went to rehab, but I went with the wrong intention. So I went to get out of town. So I went to rehab and I'm with 60 other guys in this big house. I mean, the one thing about that place is that there you feel normal, mm-hmm. right? You're with 60 other dudes that, you know what they they're depressed they are you know what they have issues right that they work on so you're comfortable around them yeah. but i mean there's guys there that 60 other guys that you took their coping mechanisms away some were abused you know what as children mm. some were uh just out of jail wow you had a lot of testosterone yeah around. a lot of different yeah <laughs> and i went there and i ate six times a day i ate great i went to all my classes but I worked out twi- twice a day, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I wasn't there mentally. Mentally, yeah. And as soon as I got out, I looked at my uncle who picked me up. And I'm like, I'm not done drinking forever. So the first thing I say on the way home is I'm not done drinking forever. Hmm. So where, where am I, what, what way can you go? Well, it's back down. Yeah. So and three months later, we have our son. Um, however, it's... This hurts me to say it, but I never wanted him mm-hmm. in the beginning because yeah. I was scared that he was going to turn out like me. Mm. I was scared that I wouldn't be able to provide for him that because I, my life was in shambles at this time. I'm, I began to become suicidal mm-hmm. and I was suicidal for six straight years. And I eventually got to that mindset where he was better off without me. So leading up to it, I'm like, what am I going to do? This kid's going to be like me. I can't have him be like me. And I look at him and I'm just scared. Like I didn't, I didn't really get to enjoy it. Like I should have. Right. So three months into his birth, I go back down the rabbit hole. She ends up, you know, had enough. She had to, she left when took our kid and I don't, don't blame her for a second because I wasn't a good environment to be around. I mean, I wasn't drinking every day at that point. I mean, in Vancouver, I drank every single day, like a bottle or more. Mm. And I was doing drugs almost every night. Right. But 
I wasn't abusive or anything, but I just, I wasn't good to be around because I would get so drunk and I would black out, unfortunately. And so she left and things started to go rocky at work where I took a leave of absence a couple times, but I just couldn't get it together. I remember one day my, I had my son and my thoughts are just, they're racing, they're racing. I can't keep, I can't keep them in control. I'm like, what am I going to do? I have a two-year-old. He just wants to play with me. He just wants his daddy. Right. So I took him to the store, got him a bake candy and a bag of chips. And I took him home and I put him down from the TV and I turned that TV on and I went behind him and I started staring at the back of his head. And I'm thinking like, what am I going to do? And then I started crying and I started wondering, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it to see him score his first goal in hockey? Am I going to teach him how to ride a bike? Am I going to see him graduate or even get married? Mm-hmm. And more times I asked myself, the bigger realization is like, I'm not going to make it. I can't see myself in the future. And you know what you think you could just get better for that kid. Like, Hey, you've got a son. You brought this beautiful boy into this world. You, how can you not get it together? Right. Well, another time I drank too much. I ended up in the hospital for the third time with alcohol poisoning oh. with IVs in my arms. My hands were going numb. And my ex at the time brought him in and he looked at me. He looked at her. He looked at me and looked at her and said, mommy, what's wrong with daddy? You know, and I just started thinking even more, you know what, he's better off without me. So I got to that mindset where, you know, my, if I do this, okay, if I just leave, my parents will understand because you know what, I'm not in pain anymore. Uh, my girlfriend, my ex, she's smart. She's beautiful. She's super intelligent. She's kind. She will find someone that can raise that son to what he deserves. And you know what, he's three years old. He's not even going to remember who I was. So with that, I started to, you know, kind of make a plan and I started to think of ways and, you know, when you get in that mindset, it's just, that's, that's how you think right. it, it, it's very irrational, but to you, it seems like the best option because when you are hopeless, it's, it's very hard to see a, an end, yeah. or a, a, a door at the end of the tunnel. Right. to see the escape luckily at that time i started listening to these uh motivational speaking i started going to the gym a bit Mm -hmm. um and you know i started listening to motivational speaking on youtube and who was people i didn't know who they were in the beginning but i definitely know who they are now uh is les brown Mm -hmm. uh, inky johnson trent shelton and eric thomas who are these world-renowned speakers and they all kept talking about finding your why. So I started to ask myself questions again. And I was like, well, what is your why? Well, I don't know. Like, what is my why to want to be here? What is my why to want to live? I don't, I don't have one. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, they say, do it for yourself. Well, I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't do it for myself. So I had to find a why. So I started looking at myself. I'm like, well, what if I do it for him? Right. I know I'm a good person. I know I have a big heart. I know I have a lot to offer, but I couldn't figure it out. So what if I did it for him? Well, if I do it for him, essentially I'm doing it for me because then I become healthy and I get him in my life more. Mm-hmm. And if I do it for me, then I can actually help other people once I get better. Right. I loved listening to these guys talk. Like I loved it. And I would love to stand on that stage one day and, you know, help somebody. So with that, I end up going back to rehab. But this time I went back to rehab, I went with my why. So I made my why my anchor. And I like to tell people there's, there's three parts to the why. So you find your why, you make it your anchor. You base your decisions around your why and that your why needs a how because the why is the belief and the how is the action. So I made my son my why and I was like, okay, so what's, what's my next choice? I'll go back to rehab. So I based my decision on my why. And when I went to rehab, I went with the power of why. So why do I drink? Mm. Well, it's because I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? Well, I have a low self-worth, low self-esteem, and I'm very insecure. Mm. Well, why do you like that? Well, from a young kid, it's been instilled in me. I never got help for it. I didn't know how to get help for it. I didn't have any healthy coping mechanism. Oh, here comes the how. How are you going to fix that? Well, I went to rehab and we went over stuff like gratitude and anger and guilt and shame. And the guilt and the shame is the silent killer because it's like guilt. Yeah. You acknowledge that you did something bad. Right. Shame. 
is where you're like, I am bad. And you know, those two most powerful words in English, English language is I am. Yeah. Well, any language you think, because once you start associating yourself, like you say, I am depressed. Well, you're going to be depressed. Right. You've labeled yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And once you label yourself, then you're done. Well, yeah. you're not done, but you're in a hole. Yeah, so definitely. I'm proof that you can. So um, learned that I learned the power of acceptance, like acceptance and forgiveness. So acceptance and forgiveness, it's, it's for you, mm-hmm. so whatever, you know, experience, whatever a person did to you, or if it's yourself, you got to accept it, but then you got to forgive it because accepting it means you're going to acknowledge it and that it's real and that it happened and you don't have to like it. Chances are you won't like it. Mm. You have to accept it because it's a reality. It is your truth. Then you got to forgive it. You don't have to forgive it to your, and the good thing about that is, is you don't have to give, forgive the person to their face. You forgive them in your head. I mean, you can forgive them to their face, but it's funny because I learned this actually in coaching, my coaching course. I, so I knew about it and then I learned about it again and the, the, the power it actually really has. So I learned about gratitude and all this stuff and journaling and I get out and mindfulness as well. I get out of rehab and I have the, the world by the grasp. Mm-hmm. Three months. I'm losing it. Uh, one night I, I had to give it to my mom. Um, unfortunately, on uh, September, what was it, September, the day after my dad's birthday, I end up becoming an organ donor mm. because I was preparing my body to give it away mm. because I thought somebody else deserved, deserved it. I put so much, I, I put people on a pedestal always ahead of me. Like they're worth it. They're worth it. And I got always be like, Oh, he's depressed or she's depressed. How can I help them to right. wherever? I'm feeling down. I'm like, you deserve what you, what you feel like you deserve it. Hmm. Because you know what? I, I knew that every time I drank, it was a choice. Every time I missed a, an appointment or a time with my son, it was a choice because of my actions. So I always with preparing, I started, I got milk thistle um, for my kidney or for my liver and kidney flush. And so I was starting to prepare, prepare myself to finally one day I'm like, okay, this is it. I call my mom. I'm like, Hey, you got to take me to the hospital. So she, she takes me to the hospital and you know, with my mom to my left, my, no, it was my dad to my left. And my mom in front of me, the counselor to the right. I finally admitted out the out loud that day that I had a plan and that plan was to end it. Mm. And that was the day that I turned my, my history into my future because I finally took half the weight off by, by saying it out loud. Right. And since that day on January 4th, I have been sober ever since. So I think that's what, uh, 25 or no, 28 months or something. Yeah. 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 I've been sober for 28 months. I got two life coaching certificate certifications. I'm working on a third. I got two motivational speaking courses under my belt and I'm back together with my girlfriend. I coached my son in hockey. Oh, I had and his team and I had his first goal right here scored. Um, and we have another one on the way. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Oh, oh, that's so awesome. That's such a good, happy, um, thing to come out of this. And also kudos to sobriety. I know it's not easy. Um, and it is, I feel like every day at a time, I personally never dealt with it, but myself personally, but both my older sisters and a lot of family members have um, kind of going back to what you were saying. We all kind of had a mental illness younger, but knew nothing about it. They turned to alcohol and drugs. I turned to crying and just watching sad movies. So you know what? <laughs> it I would drink alone in my room for weeks watching Grey's Anatomy <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never said this on my podcast. I've told a couple of friends, but I've watched crazy. And for, you know what? Um, you watch these movies where you, you see good things happen. Yep. And so I started to base my life about watching those kind of shows. As and then I started to see worth in other people, and you know, and then but then I got caught up in the, the social media comparing. Oh yeah. I'm sitting there in my darkest hours looking at people's highlight reels thinking why can't i be like them right 
Put the drink down. <laughs> Get out of your room. Open up your blinds. Make an appointment. Yep. Make the first call. But I couldn't do that. Like you, you feel numb. And but fortunately, you know what? I, I made the call. Uh, I've spent you know what a hundred. I've been to over a hundred doctors' appointments. Seventy-seven days in rehab. Forty-five addiction appointments. Ten psychiatrists. Ten psychologists. Eight different meds. Wow. Uh, a CBT course, cognitive behavioral therapy course. I kind of did whatever I could, you know, change your diet, change your exercise. And you know, sometimes I can still get on that, that sugar binge mm. better, really, a lot better, but you know, it's a diet that, that diet yeah. can really, really help you out because what you put in your body is, is, is key. Like, Crucial. Yeah. yeah fuels you uh your brain what does it take 20 percent of the sugar levels out of your body or 25 percent or something like that so you're putting in that sugar it's going straight to your head yeah so you are and you are what you eat yeah yeah that's learned the hard way for a lot of us but yeah it's very true the older i get i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't you know eat all of these things easier to put weight on yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that too yeah it's no fun. Uh, quarantine 15 was a real, real, real thing. Um, so it was awesome that, you, so you kind of answered the, what made you change your life around? It was a combination of everything. And I like that you, you were real and shared, like, it wasn't a, just one switch. Oh, everything was better. I was great. No, you have to work at it. A lot of people need to realize that. So what keeps you motivated and grounded now in your everyday um, you've been doing it for what tw- 28 months now. Rough, I, well, I didn't start speaking or anything, and, right? Oh, geez. Like when I got out of rehab, though, I, I did speak at I've been to eight different schools and oh, that's awesome! Three different uh, businesses, and and I've spoken World Suicide Prevention Day. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into speaking because I knew a lady that I played baseball with that she knew was in rehab. She's like, Listen, you need to come to the talk to these kids because they were troubled teens and they needed a guy, you know what? I'm, I'm six foot three. I'm like 240 pounds. I'm, I have tattoos. I don't look like that typical guy that's going to talk about their problems. Unfortunately, you know, it's, um, so I did. And I, I, I liked it because you could, if you can, I would love to get to all of them, right. You want to, you want to help them all. But you know what? I was a 16, 17, 18 year old. I listened to nobody. And that was one of the biggest things was my issue is, you know what you need if you're a kid, if a kid hears this, you need to listen. Uh, you need to pay attention because your younger years are crucial. Yep. Um, but I didn't listen. So, but you know, when I'm speaking in front of them, I can see their eyes engaged on me and locked on me. And, you know, one kid might get that one bit of information to, you know, to make change in his life. And I spoke at a business and, you know, after I talked, some guy got up and he, he, he actually said his own story. He oh, said wow. how he struggled with mental health. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And I went with Canadian mental health and they actually told me that two people also made a, uh, appointments the next day. They don't tell you who, but right. they said, Hey, yeah, you know what? You talk Two people phoned in and made appointments to talk about their mental health. Awesome. So what motivates me is I don't want to see people suffer like I did. Mm-hmm. You know, what? it's when you can look at your kid and you don't want him to be like you or you're scared. He's going to turn out like you where you you're scared of yourself, mm-hmm. of what you can do or you pace around in your house. Cause you're just, just, it makes yourself sick. It's, it's no way to live. And I lived like that for, where you, where you hated yourself. I lived like that for way too long, and, right. but it doesn't have to be that way. So I, what motivates me is, you know, my why to get better was my kid. Mm-hmm. Now my why to keep going is, is people, uh, the broken. Yeah. Right. Or just anyone that's looking for some sort of guidance or just some, something that to help them keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Find the door at the end of the tunnel. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Find that, but the light, right? Yeah, and the light, yeah. To keep walking. It's like, okay, you know what? Because, you know, it's because of you, I, I, I wanted to move on. I wanted to keep pushing. And, you know, that's, that is my why. That's what motivates me to keep doing this. Uh, because, you know what? We all, 
we all need help. Yeah. And we don't have to do this journey called life alone. Yeah, it's, we don't have to suffer in silence. Yeah, no, it's way easier to do it with somebody. And the thing is that I always thought I was abnormal, right? But there's a stat. One out of every 10 people in the world suffer from a mental illness. Mm-hmm. One out of every five will have a mental health episode. So that's almost 800 million people in this world suffer with some sort of mental illness, whether it's bipolar, schizophrenia, you know, anxiety, depression. So you're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. Reach out for help. I know it's hard. It's make that first call. Yeah. First step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm a big firm believer. Hence why I like interviewing people like you and have a uh, open conversation with mental health that just reach out. Anybody reach out at any time. You don't have to do it alone. Um, and it's, it's really inspiring that you have dedicated your, your life now to that. Um, and speaking on the same lines, I reverse the question back to you, who inspires you? And this could be one person, public figures, and then also people have let me know, like groups of people like, oh, people that are doctors or whatever like that anybody or anyone that comes to mind that inspires you and you would like to share yeah well you know there's two guys that that really inspired me to want to be a speaker and it's um anthony trucks mm-hmm. um, i don't know if you know him but he was an ex he was a foster kid he grew oh. up in foster care and you know he didn't become that stat but he made the nfl and he got hurt and mm. he ended up you know, he ended up uh, becoming suicidal and stuff, but he turned it around and he just, he talks with all this energy and he's just a good dude. Mm-hmm. And then Di Manuel, he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that I just, he has all this energy and he, he kind of had some battles just like me. And, you know, he's just, he's a speaker. He's a, a great he's, guy. He's a mentor. He's great. I actually had him on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that on your page and you know what he's just he's a guy i look up to he just did a tedx he just he's yes like, which was amazing. does it all kind of thing yeah and he does it with he leads with his heart and you know it's he talked in his tedx talk about you know what vulnerability is a human thing mm-hmm. and he he leads with his vulnerability and he puts his heart on his sleeve and you know what, those kind of guys like that inspire me to mm-hmm. you know what i listened started listening to podcasts when i got out and i listened to guys like me who struggled, who admit that, Hey, I struggled like Steve Weatherford who was an NFL punter. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis Howes who talked about, he, he was going down the bad hole. Like, and he, we got, you know, abuse as a child and he owned it. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I turned, like I turned it into a thing for me. Right. Right. Guys like that, that inspire me that are willing to talk about it, to move past the man up stigma. Mm-hmm. And Hey, you know what we suffered, uh, but we're, we're turning it around. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I appreciate those types of people as well too, because there's again, a lot of stigma around it. So it's always good that are people out there fighting the stigma and everything like that. So thank you. But you know sharing. what I get, I get inspired by a lot of stuff of people that, you know, turn, go from rock bottom. Right. To the top. Right. And you know, those guys, they are those people, not just guys, it's women yeah. too. it happens to women. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know they they have a different sense of feeling mm-hmm. empathy they've been there they want to help and you know they feel you right right and when you see someone you know in the beginning i had no no sympathy for myself i'm like on my one year anniversary of being sober being out of the hospital i didn't celebrate because mm. Like, look at you. What'd you do? Oh, yeah, you quit a substance you use. Good for you, bud. I was so hard on myself. Yeah. But you know what? It, addiction is very real. And yes. even though it's in your control, it's sometimes it's your with, outside of your control. And it can it can swallow people. When you make it out, though, of being in the darkness and, you know what, turning to the, the bottle or a drug for a coping mechanism, when you make it out of there, that is very hard to do. Oh, yeah very hard to do and it i think it's the average at 15 times trying mm. is the average to quitting wow so 
you know, it's those kind of people that turn it around because, you know, they, a lot of them, they don't get credit because you, you get people look at you like, Oh, you're, you have a depression. You're kind of, you're sick. Yeah. You're an alcoholic. Oh, you're kind of, you're sick. You yeah. Have issue. But they're just like you and I, they, exactly. there, was, there was me. Right. And you know what? I can still go down. I can still get depressed every now and then. I'm like, I'm not Superman. Right. <laughs> it didn't. Yeah. It doesn't just go away. <laughs> yeah. I still have those days or like, don't, I, I just want to be solo for a sec. Yeah. Right. No, nope. but yeah, those yeah. kind of people inspire me the most. No, definitely. Yeah. Those, those are good, the good people in life. Kind of to, to break the tension. <laughs> I always like to do this part now. Call it rapid fire questions. Yeah. I have 70, I think I added 77 random questions. I'm not going to ask them all. <laughs> so everybody always, I always leave with that. And they're like, how much time is this? Uh, but I'm just going to flip through randomly, ask you these random silly questions just to get you um, to know you better and everything like that. Um, sound good? Next question. <laughs> that wasn't a question. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you could pick one skill in the world and instantly master this skill, what would it be and why? Oh, skill. Oh my God. If I could find a cure, it'd be mental health. Yeah. <laughs> um, skill? Oh, conversationalist. The yeah. best to be able to have a conversation in any topic at any time. Oh because yeah. The amount of knowledge and people you can help it would be astronomical. Yeah. No, it definitely would be. Yeah, there's sometimes people talking or ping pong way over my head. Yeah, ping pong would be I'm <laughs> so bad at ping pong. <laughs> ping pong's a close second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is one song that you can sing every word to? Oh, I probably none of them. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh I it's best shot by I don't know, it's a country singer. Um I Best shot by Jake Jake Allen. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> what I kind of. Or uh, <laughs> "Sexy Boy" by Shawn Michaels, the wrestler. Oh, I could also do that song as well too. <laughs> I used to get the DJ to play that for me when I would uh, when I would walk into the nightclub that I matched. Oh wow! You yes. make an entrance. Yeah. Uh, favorite subject in school. Uh, it used to be math when I was in elementary school because I was really good with numbers. Uh, but law, law was a good one. Yeah. I, I, I like to, I was a criminal justice minor. So we studied a little bit of law and I was like, this is great, but I don't know if I could do it full, full head on. It's a lot. <laughs> so uh, favorite movie of all time. Oh, geez. Uh, the movie I've watched the most is probably remember the Titans. Same literally i always joke and people that i went to high school with know like i i don't know why our school only owned like three movies but one of them was remember the Titans. so anytime we had like a, a lazy day we watched so i probably seen that movie a million times it feels like but it's a really good movie what was that legends of the fall legends Brad Pitt and anthony hopkins oh yeah yeah, yeah. i have not seen it but i'm gonna have to write that down yeah um awesome see that wasn't too bad not too too crazy uh oh, i like that yeah it's it's a nice uh break away from all the series talk and everything like that um and then we get right back into it with my next question um what are some tips that you would give to keep you that you do to keep your mental health in check so what are some things that you always recommend to people well like i said before a healthy diet like what, what if i ever stray away from my diet. If I have those rough days and I want that instant gratification and I, I turn to junk food, I, I feel it. Yeah. It, it makes, first of all, you're, you're feeling the guilt and shame because you know you shouldn't be eating it. But then the, the food, it drains you, your energy gets lower. So healthy diet. I exercise. I started exercising because I wanted girls to like me, but now I do it for my mental health. Like yeah. I go to the gym five days a week, almost, I was going six, but I was just getting too tired. Yeah. However, when I'm at the gym, I listen to audibles books. Mm. I listen to motivational speaking. I like to call it the learning girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that helps me, um, you know, build a support network. So I had doctors, counselors, uh, friends, 
you know, that I could reach out to if I needed someone to talk to. Now, not all your friends are going to want to talk to you about mental health. Not all of them. Because they're just not comfortable with it. They don't know a lot about it. And my problem in the beginning was I took it personal. Why doesn't this person want to talk to me? Well, it's not, it's because, you know, it, they just don't understand it. So you find that person that you can talk to if you need to. Um, another thing, give yourself some grace. Mm. Right, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Let yourself feel. Yeah. Knowledge of the feeling. Why am I feeling like this? Well, there's a, there could be a reason or you're just having a good day. Go for a walk, have a bath, you know, do something you love. Yeah. Biggest thing to not do is isolate. For too many, too many years. I've probably spent more time alone than I have with other people for those 16 years before I moved back in with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I was alone most of the time. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't drinking, right? I drank alone. Yeah. But yeah, those are it's give yourself some grace, listen to something motivates you you know and remember your why you know that's that's a big one you know remember your why yeah that'll definitely keep you keep you going and everything like that so yeah that's that's a good diet i feel like is so important i'm learning that more and more as i go too so yeah dies dies big on that yeah yeah it's (laughs) i need to be much better but i'm trying uh recommendations any movies music tv shows podcasts or books that you just want to share with the world and you're like you need to check this out you know what Brene brown darren greeley Mm -hmm. she's really good i like listening to her i found out about her when I was in rehab. We listened to um, some stuff on her guilt and shame. I really liked Man Up by Pedro Skoulian. Uh, mm-hmm. He talks about like you know, asking for help, taking responsibility. So I really liked how he kind of put into that Man Up instead of the Man Up that I used to look at. Right. Um, podcasts. I would, you know, I, I like the Ed Milet. Mm-hmm. I really listened to a lot of Ed Milet. I listened to a lot of Andy Frizzella because, you know, I can only <laughs> handle so much of Andy Frizzella. And, but like he, he talks about being real, like, Hey man, it's, I mean, he drops a lot of F-bombs yeah. before he says it's okay <laughs> to yeah. struggle, but he also, he, he's a realist. Um, but uh, what else uh, for movies? You know, I, I really like the pursuit of happiness. Oh, such a good movie. You know what? I like the movie men of honor mm-hmm. with Cuba Gooding jr. Mm-hmm. And the face and, yeah, there's uh, um, you know what? I just got into the series called City on a Hill. City on a Hill. Yeah, so it stars Kevin Bacon as an FBI agent, dirty FBI agent, and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but he's a he's an African American prosecutor who, where they team up and they start taking down bad guys, and it's lo- it's based on loosely based on events in Boston in the 1980s, and it's directed by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. It's just oh wow, yeah, it, it's it's really cool to see like, the, the white guy and the black guy come together and the African-American come together. Yeah. But Kevin Bacon plays a really, really good part. Like he plays that part. He's grease ball. Let's yeah. be honest. But he plays that part to a T. But uh, yeah, those, uh, I tried, I used to be a lot into the series and stuff, but not as much anymore. Yeah. I feel like there's too many out there. I can't keep up. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a good documentary. I think it might be on Netflix called happy that we watched in rehab. And it, it, it shows the lifestyle of some people who are just extremely grateful. Like I think there was a, a Filipino guy or Taiwanese guy who ate rice four or five times a day. He lived in a that tent, but he was just happy. Wow. He was just happy to be alive. Yeah. And then there it showed a, another lady who was she used to be like a uh, a model, and then mm. got ran over on purpose and it disfigured her face. Oh, it, it destroyed her for so long. But then she realizes this is not what makes me. Mm-hmm. And then we, there's another show we watched called the The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, mm. and it's about a gymnast who breaks his I think he breaks his leg or really hurts his knee. And he gets all down on himself and ends up coming back. And it's just those are. They're just good shows to show you the reality of, you know, what you need to be grateful for, um, how you can overcome adversity and kind of things like that, especially in the 
Pursuit of Happiness. I, I just love that movie. Oh, yeah. It's such a good movie. Now I really want to go watch it. because it's, it's just, I haven't seen it in a while, but I know it's just, I cry every single time and I know exactly what's going on, but it's just so good. Such a good movie. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything, too. Um and being a light in the world, I always appreciate. And that's why I started this podcast for people to come on um, and shed light and everything on that. Before we go, I do want to give you opportunity to plug any social media projects or anything like that um, that you have going on. And then I'll be sure to put the links down below. So um, where can people find you? Uh, well, my Instagram is just at Justin Bryan. That's B-R-I-E-N 19. Uh, my Facebook's just Justin Bryan. I do have a website, www.justinbryan.com. Uh, I'm available to do presentations. I have a mental health presentation. I have a signature talk. I also have a personal development program called the Stronger You Project. So that's where I give people an opportunity to work with me one-on-one for 12 weeks. It's essentially 14 weeks, but we work on things like self-limiting beliefs, acceptance, uh, roadblocks, confidence, mm-hmm. you know, healthy boundaries, procrastination, finding your why. Like I have a, a plethora of stuff that we can work on to, you know, become your strongest version. Also, you get an accountability sheet every week mm-hmm. where you have to grade yourself on oh, how no. you showed up for you. And then it, I do check-ins throughout the week and we meet on Zoom and, you know, we just work together where you do the heavy lifting, but I'll help you lift up the boulder. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really, accountability is a big thing. So that's awesome. Um, I'll be sure, like I said, I'll, I'll link it down below. Um, wishing you the best with everything with that. Um, thank you so much. Stay safe. Um, and I hope you have a fantastic night. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. Appreciate of course. It. What a inspirational story with a sweet little ending. Um, Congrats again, Justin, on the new little one in your life. Well, soon to be. Um, So yeah, be sure to check out his, um, you know, Insta and all that good stuff. That'll be linked down below. (laughs) Uh, Let me find a good one for this week. Do not walk and eat at the same time. Very true. That could be very dangerous but also i feel like if you look at it in deeper meaning like you shouldn't enjoy your food and have that sit down relaxation moment with your food you know don't multitask like that with food you know ponder that over while you enjoy this week's meditation minute
Well, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Sunshine Steven. And again, thank you to my guest Justin for sharing his story and um, shedding his sunshine onto the world. Again, I'll link all of his information down below to go check all that out. Um, I really appreciate it. So thanks again, Justin. Um, Friday, I have a special um, kind of sort of update, really is part two slash update of the Mother Day, Mother's Day special that I did um, last year with my friend Sam. So I interviewed her again. Now she has since given birth <laughs> and has um, a lot to say about postpartum depression and stuff like that. So I thought it would be a good way to cap off Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so yeah, if you haven't, I would go back to, um, last May archive of Sunshine Steven and listen to that first part and then the second part, which comes out this Friday. So super excited for that. Uh, yeah. So until then though, you can follow me, um, at Sir Steven Rice on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Clubhouse, and TikTok at Sir Steven Rice on every single platform. That'd be great. Uh, share this podcast with your friends, leave your reviews, subscribe, all that good jazz. Um, and again, I hope that you're doing well in your mental health month um, is going great and you're taking time for yourself, staying safe and healthy and just enjoying your 2021. Yay. Until next time, please stay safe and have a fantastic day.